Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time. It is Cyhawk Week. Ben, I should not start right away with that since we're going to try and start with what we missed because we are back from Thanksgiving break, if we even call it that anymore as adults. Um, I think so. I had Thanksgiving. I had a Thanksgiving meal, so I think we can call it Thanksgiving break. But yeah, we're back after a break. um, We're back thanks to Fairway, our great and the best sponsor. So shout out to Fairway. We're back. Like I said, um, I guess I can just start. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, went home back to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and my sister, brother-in-law, and nephews all came up, and we had a great Thanksgiving meal. We played some backyard football, which I think is a must uh, during Thanksgiving. Both my brother-in-law and I are six foot four. My <laughs> nephews are all under the age of nine, so we had a grand old time. But um, yeah, it was a great Thanksgiving. How's yours? Yeah, it was good. My parents are in Des Moines, so I did not go far at all. I so I just did the 25-minute drive and just hung out with my parents and my younger siblings. I have three younger siblings, for those who don't know. So it's a very chill, very ni- nice little break. Nice little break from work. <laughs> but the good thing, the, the nice thing I should say is that sports don't stop. <laughs> doesn't matter if there's a holiday, which includes wrestling. So we definitely have, um, we haven't had a chance to talk about that shutout win against Grandview in Humboldt and David Carr and Kyson Tarakina competed in the NWCA all-star classic. That was, oh gosh, what day was that? Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. That sounds right. Yeah, so I was in Humboldt for it, but I, I'll definitely start just asking you, um, you know, thoughts of that result. <laughs> yeah, general thoughts are good. Um, the shutout was great. We spent a lot of time on the podcast before talking about we can't, Iowa State fans can't take Grandview lightly. Like, this is a legitimate wrestling team. I know they're NAI, but they're the best NAI. So I was, I was pleased that Iowa state was able to shut them out. I was expecting Iowa state to shut out Cal Baptist the week before. Um, so getting the shutout this time was good. That being said, there were still performances that I would have liked to see more from a guy like Kyson Tarakina. He won five to two, but I would have liked to seen a major decision, uh, pin tech fall. I would like to see bonus points there. Uh, Ramazan Adesayev, first match back, decision 7-3. to three. I get it's his first match back, but I'd like to see more. And then Panero Johnson at 149, we've seen great things from him this year. Great things. But he went to sudden victory and won 3-1. to one. So it's great he won, but why is he going to sudden victory against an NAI opponent? So it was matches like that. And then even Julian Broderson at 74, he won 4-2. to two. Again, I would just, I'm happy about the shutout. That was good. I would have liked to see more separation. Um, from the Iowa state wrestlers. Yeah. And that was definitely a sentiment from 
coach dresser and myself as I sat Matt's side, there were just certain things that it just felt. And in the words of dresser, he said, you know, Panero Johnson could have secured that three to one win without having to go into sudden victory. So, um, I think again, it goes back to those little details, that cliche statement, it's all in the little details. And I feel like that's what kind of got in the way of those guys securing it maybe a little earlier in their matches than they should have, but there were definitely some exciting ones. I know I texted you right away as Jason Kreiser mm-hmm. won, um, pinning his guy. He has just been so fun. <laughs> he was so fun in that match. It was, um, I retweeted it, but I can go share it again. I, I can't remember who shared. I think Iowa Russell put out the video and it was, mm-hmm. it's a very fun one. So if you have the chance to definitely go back, say that's the type of matches that I find a lot of enjoyment out of just cause they're so unpredictable of what's going to come next. And in that it was Jason Kreiser pinning the guy and I asked Dresser about it after, and he was just like, Jason Kreiser is one of those guys where you want to make sure to coach him to clean up those little things that might find, like might lead him to finding himself getting pinned. But he's also one of those guys you don't want to, what's the word he used? Maybe like coach him too much to where he might become, you know, more reserved. So he's been an unsuspecting <laughs> uh crowd favorite for me personally so but yeah, that the video that you mentioned that i i believe you're right ia wrestle put out it went a little bit viral within the wrestling community just because the sequence between him and i want to get his opponent's name right giovanni bonilla was incredible because it was back and forth as soon as one guy looked like they're about to get a takedown the other guy somehow reverse positions And this went on for, I think it was a minute and 30 seconds and no points were scored. And there were at least 10 times where it looked like someone was going to get a takedown and the ref, I think the ref called everything right. I don't think anyone ever actually secured a takedown in that sequence. It just looked like, okay, this guy finally has control. He's going to get a takedown. And then suddenly somehow he didn't. So that was an incredibly entertaining sequence. And then obviously with Kreiser um, putting a pin in it, we'll say, with the fall was great. Um, so yeah, that was a very entertaining match. Kreiser is like you said, proving himself to be an entertaining wrestler. Um, I don't know. We'll see how he does against these high level guys. Obviously he's going to get one against Iowa this upcoming weekend. Um, but against these high level division one guys, we'll see if all of that rolling around still works or if he's going to find himself in some precarious situations. But for right now, it's super fun to watch. Yeah, I think overall with the way the duel went, it was a fun atmosphere if you're an Iowa State fan. Um, It was super cool to just be in that gym. Um, It was my first time being in Humboldt. So that was kind of a cool experience to be in that gym after hearing so much about it from Dresser over the past two years. Um, He definitely was saying... I've mentioned this before, but he said, this is definitely something he'll be doing every year. He really hopes next year it works out to where they can bring in a D one program that can bring in a new storyline, which I, that's something I appreciate about dresser. We talk about it constantly. The master marketer he is wants to bring entertainment. So I'm excited to see this continue to be a tradition. The drive isn't too bad, I suppose, (laughs) but no, yeah, it was a good time. I think it was definitely a good duel before heading into this week. Um, But before we get there, uh, we can definitely mention the NWCA All-Star Classic made its return. A great opportunity basically to bring a bunch of quality guys in one place to wrestle each other outside of the normal schedule, um, which is how we ended up finally getting this much awaited um, matchup between um, David Carr and Quincy Monday, whose fathers had their own, I guess I should say they had a rivalry as since Monday and Carr now don't necessarily have one, but that was super cool. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it, unfortunately. And, Neither did you, Ben. I I did watch some of the highlights, and I know it. I can only imagine how exciting it was for them, because um, they both have also expressed how excited excited they were to compete against each other because of that history between their fathers, who did not like each other. Um, 
Rob Gray wrote an awesome Where Are They Now about Nate Carr Sr. Um, you can find it on Cyclone Fanatic. And there's just like an entire part where it's Nate Carr just talking about his dislike <laughs> for um, Monday and just their history together that eventually led them to be training partners um, on the Olympic team. So um, David Carr won. So way to hold the legacy there. Yeah, Carr won two to one thanks to third period riding time. Um, yeah, like you said, I wasn't able to watch it either, but I can't imagine two guys like Carr and Monday and it not being entertaining because both those guys are explosive. Both those guys get on their offense. So the fact they didn't score says, I think a lot about their defense and we've known David Carr is never out of position. Um, he is always in good position. His defense is fantastic. Um, he's obviously known for his offense, but I think the fact that Carr didn't let up a takedown against a guy as talented as Monday speaks a great deal about his defense. Um, so yeah, that was a really good result for David. You like seeing that as a, as a, it's interesting because Monday is technically 157 pounder and David Carr is wrestling at 165 this year. So Monday bumped up, but even still Monday's ranked number one at 157. So getting a win against the number one ranked guy is a huge positive. Um, and it's just, it's gotta be good for David's confidence. Yeah. Which I think just the fact that Quincy is a 157 pounder while David is now in it comfortably at 165, I think just shows how important it was to them and how much they valued this opportunity, which I think is what makes wrestling fun in these situations. Um, so yeah, that was, I thought that was really cool. And of course there's pictures that were shared online of Nate Carr in the corner, uh, yes. coaching David, which I think is just so cool. Yep. And there was another picture that showed, um, Nate Carr, uh, and the elder Monday in a picture from back in the day. And then David Carr and Quincy Monday, and they're both in the exact same stances and the picture was taken at like the exact same angle. And it's just like, Oh yeah, those two guys were coached by their dads. Like they both had the exact same stances of their father. They both look like their dad. <laughs> and it's just like, that makes a lot of sense. And it's just, it's really cool to see legacy like that. Like there's legacy in every sport, but it seems like there's more legacy in wrestling and it seems to mean more in wrestling. Um, that was, yeah, that was just really cool to see that picture. I don't remember who tweeted it, but it was fun to look at. I think that's also like a big part of David's identity in like, you know, in like a, a fun, good way is that he, he's just so talented and he's just such a fun, entertaining wrestler. And he's just such a happy, positive energy in the room. But like so much about him is a reflection of what his father has instilled in him. And like, before we hit record, Ben and I were just kind of, you know, talking I almost swore on this pod to want to make our sponsors <laughs> angry, but we were just like going through their history. And one of, I, in that, where are they now from Rob Gray? Um, there was a quote from dresser talking about how he just remembers Nate Carr at Carver Hawkeye blowing kisses every time he won there. And I've seen David do that exact thing. And I think that's just such a cool thing. And it's, it's definitely a fun thing we get to cover that. Like you said, it's definitely a constant thing that I think we see more in wrestling, but it's not every day you get Nate Carr and David Carr. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, there's legacy. And then there's legacy like Nate and David Carr have like, these are two <laughs> national championship, all American multiple time type of guys. And yeah, to have that talent, to have that drive, because that's, that's the thing. Nate, David Carr is obviously incredibly talented but his drive is also second to none. Like we've talked about younger Bastida and his desire to, to tear people's heads off and get wins. We're going to start talking about Casey Swiderski and Panero Johnson and their drive and their confidence in themselves. But David Carr has a different drive than other people do. He has a different self-confidence than other people do. And he's, he mentioned that Swiderski and Panero Johnson also have a similar level of self-confidence, but I talked to Nate Carr, I think it was two years ago, um, about just his mindset and instilling that mindset into David. And he's like, yeah, that was an incredibly important part for me was to make sure that David understood what it would take and the mindset that he needed to have if he wanted to reach the goals that he wanted to reach. 
David Carr wants to be a multiple time NCAA champion. He wants to be an Olympic gold medalist and Nate Carr having achieved most of those things. He was an Olympic bronze medalist. I think bronze or silver. I believe it was bronze though. Olympic bronze medalist. He knows what it takes to reach that level. And he's just helping David every step of the way, make sure that beyond just physically, because he's obviously physically gifted, but make sure mentally he knows what it's going to take. And I think that's really cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Which I think as cheesy as it sounds, it's definitely one of those things that makes the job. It feels like a privilege to get to do in your job, to get to cover these stories. At least that's how I've felt about it is we've continued to learn and get to know David. Um, like I, I've shared this in the past. My favorite thing that David has shared with us is that he hangs up all those clippings on his wall, all the quotes, all the, the drawings of the trophies and all of those things. And that was something his dad did. And I think it's so cool. So I'm excited to see what his wall looks like at the end of the season this year, but plenty of going on, which we share in gloss over. Kyson Terrakina also competed. He went up against Minnesota's number three, Patrick McKee, which is a very tough opponent. Um, and unfortunately Terrakina was pinned, but I think it's important that Terrakina did get a number three ranked guy. I don't know what McKee is ranked this week, but I think when you start off, maybe not as strong and you're maybe struggling in those details as coach has shared, I think putting him in these situations where he gets to be challenged is probably going to be really important before that, I guess, quote unquote, winter break <laughs> before we head into January where things really, where the season feels to really pick up. So. Yeah, for sure. And even beyond that, I think it's good for him to feel the number three guy. Um, and we'll talk about this more later. If Iowa sends out Spencer Lee, we'll see if they do. That's a, that's a different conversation, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's good to feel a high level guy just so you are physically ready for what's going to come down the road. Like you said, January, February, obviously March, but also the next dual meet. So, um, I think that's a good, it, hopefully it was a good learning opportunity for Tarakina. Um, yeah, he's a guy, he has a lot of skill and ability, but, uh, like you said, like dresser says details are what's going to make or break him. So hopefully he starts figuring those details out and, you know, it'd be nice if that started happening this week. <laughs> Absolutely. Which I think perfect segue, perfect time to just head right in there. It is Cyhawk week. It is my one of two <laughs> favorite duels of the season. Um, What's the other I, one? Oh, Northern Iowa. Yes, I love okay. you and I. I, I, they could easily be split for number one, just because I love them for very different reasons. Um, but they're both just like the most exciting, most explosive, most. There's just so much on the line with them, but they're just so different. <laughs> so. Yeah, I just feel like as much as people want to hate the Cyhawk series, when it comes to the wrestling one, I think this one's different. It's I'm biased because I love wrestling more than anything. So this is my favorite week. I am pumped. Um, but I also feel like it snuck up on me. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> it snuck up on me for sure. When it when I realized this earlier this week on Monday, I'm like, oh, it's Cyhawk week for wrestling. That really it really snuck up on me but like you said super excited about it iowa state is finally headed to carver hawkeye but tom and terry are absolutely irate in excitement <laughs> to finally host this duel as tom shared the last season at the post duel presser that he did not enjoy not being at Carver Hawkeye, which, you know, whatever, I understand it's your, your home. But when the Big Ten decides to not compete against non-con schools, you kind of lose that. <laughs> so I'm making, I'm making the trip to Iowa City this Sunday. It'll be my first time covering the Cyhawk duel at, um, at Carver. So I'm very excited, also concerned for my heart rate. Because it my heart, is it's going to go up. <laughs> incredible. If you are any sort of wrestling fan, like casual to diehard of diehards, diehard fans, I've, I'm assuming you've been to Carver Hawkeye for Cyhawk. But if you're a casual fan, and we're going to talk about this too, and you can find a ticket 
you should make it over to Carver Hawkeye for Cyhawk. It is incredible. I have covered everything, every type of sport at Carver Hawkeye. I've covered men's basketball, women's basketball, and wrestling. All Cyhawk games. The Cyhawk wrestling is one of the most intense atmospheres I have ever been in. It is awesome. Like Cyhawk and Hilton is fun. It's very good. Cyhawk and Carver Hawkeye is insane. It's just totally different. Everyone wearing black hates you. And it's <laughs> awesome. It's so much fun. Um, and that's, it's what, a, in my opinion, it's what a good wrestling rivalry should be. There's nothing that bad that actually happens. Like no one is actually hurting each other or anything like that, but it's just a lot of pent up. Here we go. We're going to beat you guys down. And it's, oh, oh man, it's fun. You're going to hear stalling a lot. If you go, you're going to hear <laughs> guys from the stands yelling, stalling, whether or not that's actually the case, who knows, but, um, they get on you and they get on you for all seven minutes of the match. And it's all seven minutes of every match. It's so much fun. And it's just, I don't, yeah, whatever. <laughs> men's basketball, women's basketball and Carver women's basketball is actually pretty good in Carver men's basketball and Carver Hawkeye is bad. Like mm -hmm. there's, if you want to go to a men's basketball game, don't go to one in Carver Hawkeye. It's dead in there. It's so crazy that the men's basketball, Carver Hawkeye and wrestling are held in the same place because the vibe and the atmosphere is so different and it's incredible for wrestling. You know, it's funny you say that because I'm going to that basketball game. Yeah, so. it will not <laughs> live up. <laughs> well, I my best friend is a Hawkeye fan, so this was my birthday gift to him. So I was like, I guess I'll sit through this game in Carver. So, um, no, I'm super, super pumped. Um, like you said, this is what makes rivalry funds when I know everyone is going to talk about, I don't know, you know, when it comes to the Cyhawk series, it's always focused on football, right? That's where the true revenue is because football is money and that's fine. I'm, I'm never going to pretend that wrestling is this money bags compared to football, but like, <laughs> you know, to us and to so many other people, the Cyhawk is just so deeply rooted in that wrestling um, matchup. And I am just so pumped. I am, like I said, my heart rate gets really high in these situations. Um, not because I'm like sitting there stressed, but like, I just get very overwhelmed with the atmosphere, but like in the best way. So I, I will take a picture of my heart rate and I will post <laughs> it on Twitter. But, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to experience Iowa fans in that atmosphere. Um, I know, different. I know people will be like, I thought you were an Iowa state fan, <laughs> but like truly when it comes to, uh, just wrestling in general, I will defend any team and depending on the circumstances, I should say, but like when it comes to just Iowa and what Carver Hawkeye is to wrestling. Yeah. I'll defend that for sure. Absolutely pumped. If, like you said, if you can go, go, if you have a hefty amount of money lying around and want the best seats in the house. Um, I checked this a few hours ago. It was two hours ago. I looked, I looked it up since stressor brought this up at today's availability. But as of two hours ago, the most expensive ticket was $735. Oof. I have never seen a ticket that expensive for, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but for football and basketball. I agree. No, I was going to say the exact same thing. I don't think in the state of Iowa, a ticket has ever gone for that much. Will it for sell? Sporting event, for a sporting event. Will it sell? No. Probably not. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the fact that they're asking for it says a lot. I think, you know, the $500, I think, could be reasonable for someone, not for everyone. For someone for the best seat in the house, $500 could get that ticket sold. Um, but just even that, I mean, I'm sure general admission tickets not being sold by, not being sold by Iowa university, but general admission sold through StubHub or third party or whatever. I'm sure they're going in the hundreds. I would not be surprised if the cheapest ticket was a hundred dollars being sold by a third party. Well, if you get on StubHub, you can get in there for 50 bucks. 
I don't know where you're going to be sitting, but I don't think there's going to be a bad seat in the house. No, Carver is good in that respect. There's not an upper level and a lower level. It's all one level and it's just a straight ramp up. So there, there isn't really a bad seat in the house. Yeah. I think if you can get in the door for that price, I think that's a good deal. Um, I'll give a shout out to this person who quote tweeted me, um, their profile picture is, I can't tell who that is. Um, I'm going to assume it's not them, but their handle is Lee Blackbolt or their name on Twitter. But they quote tweeted me and they said for $735, I better get personally pinned by the wrestler of my choosing. (laughs) (laughs) So, So Ben, who are you getting pinned by? So are we assuming it's an Iowa wrestler that we're getting pinned by or an Iowa state wrestler we're getting pinned by? I think you can pick. Okay. Free, Free pick. So free pick, my choice is going to be Spencer Lee just because he's 125 pounds. And we all have this perception of I'm six foot four, right? I am not a small human being. I'm skinny, but I'm not short by any stretch of the imagination. So, and I know for a fact, Spencer could pin me in less than five seconds. I am very (laughs) confident in that, but it's just 125 is so small. (laughs) <laughs> that I want to see what that feels like. And I'm sure it's going to feel, I sure it'd feel terrible, but Spencer Lee would be my pick for that reason. You know, that's fair. And because he's a great wrestler. He's a fan. Yeah. He's one of the best in the country, pound for pound, if not the best. So yeah, easy pick for me. That's kind of where I was going with it. But I think the reason why I look at it that way is because I am five, two. <laughs> and some of these guys are shorter than me, but like, Kind of scary looking compared to me since I'm not athletic. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I feel like how do you not pick Spencer Lee being, yeah, like you said, one of the greats, which um, definitely more to add to what we expect out of just the atmosphere and, you know, the vibes, some, you know, there's some good sound bites, some good quotes coming out of this week, but um, Spencer Lee is the hot topic, right? Because I would put out their probables, probable lineup and Spencer Lee is conveniently left off of it, which hmm. I don't remember who said it today at availability, but someone was like the reason with I'm getting wordy here. The fact that he is not listed tells me everything I need to know that he will be the person coming out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and which is exactly how I'm feeling. I, I hope he is. And if history shows, this is an, a place of entertainment. It is not just about what's going to happen on the mat. It's about the dramatics. It's about the story going into it. And why would Spencer Lee not come out when all of us are trying to be made believe that he isn't? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things by all accounts, not by all accounts, Tom Brands didn't say it. From what people are hearing, Spencer Lee is healthy enough to wrestle. So does that mean he wrestles? No. He They could wait until January, make sure he's healthy, healthy, which I would not blame them for. Let's be very clear. I want Spencer Lee healthy because I want to see great wrestling in March. But from what people are hearing, it sounds like Spencer Lee's probably good to go health-wise. Whether or not he's in perfect wrestling condition, different story. But it doesn't take. We don't have to go back. We don't have to go far back in time to find out a very similar situation with Iowa wrestling. If you remember, I think it was two, three years ago. Um, former Iowa heavyweight Sam Stoll got shot in the leg by a teammate accidentally. And he was out the whole preseason, the whole off season. And then the first few duels and before the Iowa, Iowa state duel meet, Iowa put out their probable lineups and Sam Stoll was not on there. A fellow named Aaron Costello was, and that was a dual meet where, Hey, Iowa state was in position to win that dual meet. Um, that was the same day as the Drake football game. And Iowa was, Iowa state was in position to win that. Here comes Sam Stoll with the biggest knee brace I have ever seen on his knee out <laughs> to the Imperial March from Star Wars. And if you don't know what the Imperial March is, it's the da, 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 <laughs> that song. Sam Stoll comes out, beats Gannon Gremmel, 
and essentially secures the win for Iowa. So we've seen Tom and Terry brands do this thing before where they don't put someone on the probable lineups. And then suddenly here they come out to some theme song. If I'm a betting man, Spencer Lee, if he, if he comes out, he's going to come out to the Pokemon theme song. If you follow him on Twitter and Twitch, you know, he's a big Pokemon fan. And that's going to be my bet. If he comes out, that's what the song is going to come out to. So uh, whether or not he does, we'll see. I hope he does. I'll be honest. I want to see the best. Um, So I hope he does come out, but uh, we'll see what happens. I definitely share the same feelings of, I really hope he comes out. Of course, as you said, only if he is fully ready, which it sounds and it was implied that he should be just fine to wrestle. Um, but yeah, like you said, selfishly, I want to see Spencer Lee in person. <laughs> I want to, I want to see him wrestle. I'm excited for him to be back. He is an incredible athlete. This would be an incredible opportunity for Kyson Tarakina. It's one of those, again, if you want the best, this is, this is it. Like, this is what you want. This is what you should want as an athlete, regardless of your level of wrestling. You should always want to face off against the great. And this is that situation. And it, I truly, truly think it's going to come down to that last second before the announcer has to know who's coming out for us to know who the heck is coming out. (laughs) Yeah. We talked about this um, as a group after availability, but Historically, Tom and Terry brands like to do the traditional start at 125 and at heavyweight. And we were talking about this. And for this one, it's it seems like I was going to not want to do that. Uh, they're going to want to start at probably 133. They're going to want to draw and hopefully start at 133. They're going to, it sounds like they're going to weigh in Spencer Lee. I think that one is a given at this point. They're going to weigh in Spencer Lee. And I was going to hope they draw 133. So then you start at 133 and you end at 125. If the dual meet is within reach by the time 125 rolls around, then they throw out Spencer Lee. If the duel is not within reach, then, or not within reach for either team one way or the other, then they can throw out the backup and let Kyson Tarakina do what he's going to do to him. Um, their backup is winless. He's 0-4. Uh, he's had a tough go of it. And when we were talking with Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines Register today, and it sounds like, yeah, he'd be lucky to win a match this season, that backup. So um, that's really, I mean, it could be a 12-point swing if Spencer Lee wrestles or not. So if the dual meet is within, you know, six points, we're going to we're going to have to see a decision if they start at 133. Now, if they do draw, Kevin Dresser is going to hope for a draw of somewhere around, you know, 74, 84. So then you're going to Tom branch would have to make that decision a little bit quicker, or maybe Kevin Dresser presses them to start at 125. Hey, this is traditional. Let's start traditional. Um, so there's going to be, we're talking about on mat gamesmanship. We're going to hold, we're going to have a whole separate podcast breaking down weight by weight and all of that fun stuff. But even before all the weight by weight stuff, there's going to be some pre dual meet gamesmanship between these two coaches to decide what weight starts and that what weight starts might help decide the dual meet. And that's, that's fun this year because I was ranked number two nationally. Iowa state is ranked what seven, eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're evenly ranked across the board. If you take out Spencer Lee. So really this could be an incredible dual meet. Um, it should be an incredible dual meet. I shouldn't say could it, it should be a cre- incredible dual meet, a really fun one. And yeah, we'll see what happens with Spencer Lee. Which for reference, for those of you who might not follow just wrestling outside of Iowa state very closely, Aiden Harris is, I was starter technically without Spencer Lee. He lost to, Pens, uh, Ryan Miller, who's ranked number 17 at the time of this duel, he lost 20 to 5. Mm, tech fall. So <laughs> just just for reference on how that backup, I guess backup at this time, he's technically the starter, right? Um, is doing. So and again, this is what's yeah. gonna make this duel fun. <laughs> that every single thing is going to matter. <laughs> And that's, that's, what's going to make it fun. And I, and I do love this. I guess this is what feeds those of us who follow it so closely is that 
even just reporting what weight we're starting at on Sunday is going to be a huge like vibe. Like that's going to set the vibe. Like, okay, are we starting at 125 or are we going to watch this duel literally come down to 125? Which if we go back and look at that duel where Iowa State only lost to Iowa 19 to 18, they ended that duel at 133 with Austin Gomez and Austin DeSanto. So it's those things. It's literally just those random things that might not necessarily seem as important on a week. You know, Iowa State faces off against Grandview and Humboldt that are going to matter. So, yeah, those are the things that get get me excited <laughs> about everything about this duel, which um, I want to say that this would be a good time to bring up how number one, Ben went to availability today with me just for fun. <laughs> Showed up with what? 10 minutes before we started. Yep. 10 minutes. Um, we had a lot of great, I think great stuff come out of availability today from dresser. Um, you'll be able to find the full videos up on the front page of cycling fanatics. So if you guys want to go and watch those, I definitely recommend it, especially dressers because dressers just such a great sound bite. And he, he was just... super relaxed today. I think this was the most <laughs> relaxed I've seen him for in an interview setting, which was a super refreshing. Like he's, he's not tense normally. He's usually pretty relaxed, but this is even more relaxed than usual. And he just, he seemed like he was having a good time with it all, which was fun. <laughs> he did. He usually, he walks in usually in his, you know, his sweatpants are hiked up like most wrestlers, his t-shirts <laughs> tucked in. He's, walking around clapping his hands but yeah he seemed in a great mood i mean the vibe around the whole room in general seemed great so as i said great things came out of today's availability one of the things i'll add on to this is that dresser said everyone in that room is pumped they're excited to go to iowa city which takes us back to the whole notion of, and Dresser has said this in years past, that good wrestlers love to entertain. Good wrestlers love to perform in front of sold-out crowds. And for this entire wrestling room to be ready and excited and looking forward to driving out to Iowa City um, is a good thing. This is exciting. And I'm excited to hear that, especially when, you know, as we've continued to talk about the two freshmen on the team, Panera Johnson and Casey Swiderski, who are also very confident and feeling good about this, which is incredible being that they are literally true freshmen walking into a, I don't even know what to call it, a snake pit, a, a bear hostile pit. environment. <laughs> yeah, like probably the most hostile environment they'll wrestle in. For sure, yes. Um. But yes, I can definitely bring up some of those good quotes that <laughs> Tressor gave us. Um, let's see which one. So in regards to the lineup, I did think this was funny. He's He said that that's just kind of how they roll <laughs> in, in terms of Tom and Terry liking to keep us on our toes about who's actually going to come out this week um, in the lineup, which like we said, history shows they do. And then, oh gosh, where's your favorite one? Um, so towards the end, <laughs> we, um, I shouldn't say we, Cody asked um, Dresser and some of the guys, just kind of in reference to last year, which I think is a good segue for you, Ben, um, of one of the things you're really hoping happens this weekend is that the Cyhawk duel brings, you know, obviously a rivalry and with wrestlers, there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of scrappiness going on. And last season, like we saw the duel ended with, I don't even know what to call it, but there was just a lot of chaos. A lot of people were in each other's faces. A lot of fingers were being pointed in each other's <laughs> faces. Um, I retweeted my video that I got which I took a stroll down memory lane again to look to the replies I had. And someone was like, oh, look, a biased Iowa State reporter recorded what they wanted to see. And I truly, I could, even if I was standing there, like I'm going to try and make Iowa State look good. There was no way. There was so much going on. I don't even know what was going on. I just kind of pulled out my camera and hit record. So 
But in reference to that, <laughs> Dresser said, <laughs> there's a lot of intensity, you know, there's a storyline um, there that everybody's probably pretty aware of with our backgrounds and everyone's history. So that makes it, <laughs> that makes it fun for you when you got two little fellas over there, they get excited <laughs> awfully easy. So, you know, <laughs> we got to get them to watch wrestling and not us, you know, but it seems to be, but that by the time we get to 133, they want to talk to us. So we'll see what happens. We know what we're getting into. It's not our first rodeo there. Yeah, that's incredible. My favorite part of that is by the time we get to 133, because by the time implies that a lot of time has passed. Like that makes it seem like it's at the end of the duel. But 133, generally speaking, is the second match. So by the time we get to 133, all this time down the road, which isn't that long, they're starting to watch us. So one match in, they're watching us. And that's hilarious. I thought that was incredible. And then, like you said, I love rivalries. I think they're <laughs> fantastic. And I am thoroughly on the team trash talk. I love trash talk. I love trash talk on Twitter. Guys trading different jabs at each other. I like trash talk in person. I loved younger Bastida last year after he beat Jacob Warner. He spiked his headgear. His headgear bounced 10 feet in the air. He flexed on him. He did his whole Iowa State thing across his chest, all that. Now, he got a team point deducted, and he can't do that again. And Dresser said that same thing today. Yeah, can't do that. But it was awesome. It was so awesome that Iowa State is using it in promotional content for this year. It's <laughs> on Iowa State's uh, intro video thing on the Hilton video board. It plays during that. I saw it during a uh, preseason video, the younger Bastida headgear spike. I love that stuff. I think that's what makes rivalries. Did it make the end of last year's a little bit chippy? Yeah. And I loved it. No one got <laughs> hurt. No one threw punches. They got in each other's faces. They probably said some not nice things. And it was fun. It was fun as the audience. And I think if you were to ask them, it was fun for them too. I mean, we saw Derek St. John pointing down the Iowa bench. Who knows what he was saying <laughs> or what he was doing, but he was ready. He was ready for whatever came at him. And I'm sure Brett Metcalf would be ready too. So it's, I, it's sports. It's all, it should be all in good fun. Let's make that very clear. I don't want people to actually throw hands or get hurt, but when the rivalry is intense like this, this is, I think that's fun. So that's my two cents on that. Well, I wanted to look up um, what I had written last year to see if I had any good quotes in there from coach. And so last, last season in the post-dual presser, one of the things coach said, which this is a hat to you. He said, I am so proud of younger Bastida, <laughs> <laughs> which again, dresser apologized at the time. And he apologized again. It was just truly something that younger. Was they didn't coach not, him on like, yeah, and why he, would you, why, you would never think to coach someone to not spike your headgear. Like that's just exactly. not a thing. He younger Bastida grew up freestyle wrestling. They don't wear headgear in freestyle wrestling. So he'd never worn it before. He doesn't really know what to do with it, what you're not allowed to do with it. So he was excited and he spiked it and it looked awesome. <laughs> Which, like I told you earlier, I have a gif that I like to use a lot on Twitter, which is from that win, which I hadn't realized until I looked just earlier. So it was a good win and it was a it was just one of those like cherry on top um, moments. And um, which brings me to, again, great quotes coming out of this week, Jacob Warner and their availability and Iowa's availability from Tuesday. He flat out said, we don't like Iowa state. So the trash talk is alive and well, <laughs> and I'm excited for that. I think that's the match I'm most excited about. Unless of course I'll be pumped to see Spencer Lee come out, but I'm looking forward to this because younger's ready to chop anyone's head off. And Jacob Warner is very clearly ready to try and avenge that loss, which younger's only getting scrappier and better. And I don't think he's going to go down easy to Jacob Warner. No, 
And we'll talk about that more in our next podcast, but that is absolutely one I'm looking forward to as well. That's going to be really fun. Yeah, I think I think we can I guess I shouldn't say weeks. I don't want to speak for you, but I I think confidently you can go into Sunday knowing that Iowa State has a very legitimate chance of winning this duel. Like this is not this is not just a hypothetical. Like this is truly probably the most confident I have felt in the six years I've covered the team about walking into a Cyhawk duel that they could win this. And I know that we could sit here and say, oh, well, if Spencer Lee doesn't come out, um, if Spencer Lee doesn't wrestle or, <clears throat> excuse me, or um, Real Woods, then yeah, Iowa State's going to win. But I, I think obviously Spencer Lee is very talented and 10 times out of 10, I'm probably going to pick him to win his matches. Like that's not, anyone will tell you that. Um, but I think even if Spencer comes out, I really do think that in certain weights, Iowa state could really, if they can separate themselves and get those bonus points, as we always talk about, I think they could seriously still swing this their way. Yeah, absolutely. If Iowa state gets bonus points and gets one minor upset, doesn't have to be Spencer Lee losing. It can be a different upset. Um, it could be Julian Broderson beating Nelson brands, that type of upset. If that happens, Iowa State could definitely win this. I was texting with uh, the Gazette's KJ Pilcher earlier today and just about this dual meet and, you know, excitement, things like that. And he said the same thing. There's a very real and very possible path for Iowa State to beat Iowa this year. Um, Iowa is not untouchable. They have, well, they don't have any holes necessarily, but they are not great at every weight like they sometimes are. So this is one, this is an opportunity for Iowa state to win. And this is a quote, Nelson or not Nelson brands. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Tom brands. There's too many brands on that team. Um, Tom Brands said earlier um, after their, after they beat Penn, not Penn state, after they beat Penn, um, he said, we need to find a better team. And so that's an interesting quote because they didn't wrestle Spencer Lee against Penn. So is finding a better team getting Spencer Lee back or what's that finding a better team mean there, Tom? And he didn't reveal anything on Tuesday's availability about that, but uh, it's just, it's another interesting piece of gamesmanship that, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. It's, it's going to be an exciting Sunday and the duel starts at 1.30. It's on the Big Ten Network. I truly and I want to emphasize <laughs> that if you even have like the smallest ounce of interest <laughs> in wrestling, if you're just an Iowa State fan, you should turn this on. Not just because it's, you know, the Cyhawk duel, but because this is going to be really good Iowa State wrestling. Like literally just the entire, like just even in general speaking in this, just the state, um, all eyes are going to be on this duel and I'm very excited to be there. Um, I'm going to try my best to physically get as much content <laughs> as I can um, with basketball being at two in Ames, I will probably end up tweeting mostly from my personal account um, just to keep a straight flow. So I would encourage you if you'd like to follow along on Twitter, if you're not able to watch, um, I'll try my best to keep everything up to date. I got my credential um, approval today, so I'm pretty pumped and Let's I'll get go. to be Matt side. So Hopefully, That'd and I can awesome. see this happening to me. This could be the duel that where I finally get taken out Matt's side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I would not be surprised if there's some uh, wrestling beyond the whistle, we'll say. <laughs> I hope it's just like, like we said, you know, 125, 133, not like Sam yeah, Skyler or Cassiope want, coming at me. <laughs> no, you don't want those guys landing on you. You don't want younger Bastida and Jacob Warner landing on you either. 
No, no, I really don't. And if there's anyone sitting next to me, I need them to just take the camera. Just take the camera. <laughs> just like sacrifice me. It'll be fine. <laughs> That's the right mindset to have. That's a good one. Good job, Jackie. It's my mind. It's what I tell everyone during football season is, well, take the camera, please. Just let me die on there. <laughs> just let me die there. Let my but, work live on. But no, it's it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm super pumped. You should all be pumped. Um, Kevin Dresser sure is pumped. Tom Brands and Terry Brands have a weird way of showing it, but I'm <laughs> I'm sure they're just as pumped. I mean, their guys have to be pumped. Maybe, honestly, hopefully a little nervous since, you know, as, as quotes say, they're a little, they're trying to get their best product out there, but they are the number two team in the nation, so... They're good. Oh, there's there no doubt they're good, but they are vulnerable. Well, Ben, any final thoughts? No, I think we covered everything I that I wanted to cover. Yeah, we are gonna have a second podcast out this week going weight by weight. Very excited about that. That's I love diving into that sort of stuff. So take a listen to that one. I think that's gonna come out in the next day or two. So be on the watch out for that. Yep, we'll have plenty of content to, you know, fill your feeds about this duel. It's going to be a good one. Hopefully, um, Ben and I can be back Sunday with a reaction pod of Kevin Dresser doing cartwheels or handstands <laughs> across Carver Hawkeye, which... What David a, what... Carr blowing kisses. If David Carr blows a kiss on Sunday, I will die happy. Yeah, can we? I should just tweet at him. Please do it, because it would be yeah, that would be awesome. I would definitely want to have that picture captured. Um, but imagine the booze raining down. I remember Kyvin Gatson beat someone in Carver Hawk. I don't remember who, and he did something like that too. And booze just rained down on him, and it was awesome. That's yeah, I love that. So I think yeah. that's what I want. I think that's what I want to experience is. Just, you know, David Card, Younger Bastida, like truly any of them. I want I want to see Iowa State obviously win every match, but like I want to hear. <laughs> Especially a younger Bastida who's just like, you know, just like such an enraged human of excitement. Whereas like David is just so happy still. Um, yes, they are very different in their levels of excitement, how they show it. Like they're both definitely excited and intense people, but they're just so different in how they show it. Yeah. David's smiling and younger's there's flames coming out of his eyes. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. It's exciting. This is Christmas. This is wrestling Christmas to me. This is wrestling Christmas. Amen. <laughs> well, shout out to our sponsors. Once again, fairway. We appreciate you. We love a sponsor that supports the sport of wrestling. Um, and yeah, like we said, you'll have another mini episode coming your way with a weight by weight. Um, breakdown from Ben and I, and as always, follow us on Twitter for all of the exciting banter that we try and bring elsewhere, <laughs> <laughs> but all right.